Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston. I'm your host. <clears throat> we have a really exciting show today because we're speaking with two of my favorite people. We have Kim Stillinger. She's the RVP of specialty um, at SC House Calls. And then we also have the Vice President of Clinical Operations, David Tichy. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is really exciting what you guys are doing because uh, primarily SC House Calls has been a primary care service that goes to your home that you know does telehealth now as a with the advent of covid um you guys have just mainly stayed in the primary care besides palliative care you guys have pretty much stayed out of the specialty arena but now you guys have really ramped up your services and you're doing specialty care so kim could you give us an overview just a brief overview we're going to kind of go dive into each one that you're doing right now and then some of the ones that are coming up in the future here but kind of give us an overview of what this looks like and where you guys are headed absolutely so our main focus and goal is to keep patients from going to any um trying to prevent hospitalizations mm -hmm. so by bringing on these specialists we're able to control the disease processes and all these different specialties a little more and have a better grasp on them uh, the patients that are referred to, like just an example, the cardiologists and they, um, the specialists aren't able to get these patients in in a timely manner. It could be two to three months. So we try to be that in-between of care uh, to kind of make sure we have everything on the table for those specialists that are requirements for those offices. Mm -hmm. But what we've done so far is we now have a cardiac pod. Uh, we are calling them pods currently, and I'm sure that will change. Uh, diabetic specialty pod a psychotherapy uh, counseling therapy pod. Uh, we have nurse practitioners that do psych visits. We mm -hmm. have now currently just recently hired a dietitian, a registered wow. dietitian. Yep. And we've always had palliative care services, which is still growing within the company. We do have pharmacy consultations available and all of these specialties intertwine. Yeah. So they're all referring to each other um, we're basically like a huge patient care team for these patients. Absolutely. And something you said a minute ago, which really strikes a core of my heart because uh, I've had to deal with this last week with my, my parents, but is keeping people out of the hospital. How does this specialty program keep people out of the hospital? So like I said, being that the in-between piece, which connecting piece between the primary care visit and the specialist, when patients aren't able to get into those specialty offices yet, we're able to order echoes and different testings um, and imaging um, for these patients in-home. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our patients aren't able to get out of the homes. So we're offering these services by partnering with different imaging and lab companies. Yeah. Um, David, would you like to chime in on any clinical aspects with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Kim, you, you're spot on with everything you've said so far. I, I couldn't agree more about the overall aspects of, of the division. You know, Jamie, just as a, as, a, as a from a clinical standpoint, I think about something I came across recently, and it was it was called a quadruple aim. 
and the quadruple aim is is better care is one facet of that of that quadruple uh, reduced healthcare costs mm-hmm. improved patient outcomes and experiences and provider well-being yeah and so as i think about that that quadruple aim it just it just really hit me in the face as i as i read over that recently in a slide because that's what we're doing here that's yeah. what we're trying for we're trying to provide great quality care which we've already always done as a, as a company, right? Yeah, right. And we're, we're trying to reduce healthcare costs. And so how do you reduce that? When you look at how patients are hospitalized and the $30,000 to $40,000 that's automatically right in the door for a hospitalization uh, compared to what we're doing with simple primary care visits in patients' homes and labs and things like that, mm-hmm. that's helping to drive down healthcare costs. And we've been doing that for quite some time. And and then, of course, to improve patient outcomes, like Kim was saying. And I think sometimes we kind of get hung up as as thinking, well, we're we don't want to just be defined as a in-home primary care practice. But quite frankly, I think there's a lot of wealth in that because a lot of these patients either a can't get out of the hospital sure. because they're considered homebound, and a lot of them are under home health services, and b they don't want to get out of the uh, out of the house. They want those services in their home because of our current state of the pandemic. Sure. So I think we can provide that and do a great job of that. And then, of course, provider well-being, that last part. Kim touched on this, but I think the major interlinking focus with having this these specialty providers who may not be certified but may have years of nursing and clinical experience in the specialty that they're in, being able to partner with the primary nurse practitioners that we have going in and seeing patients in their home, what what that provides is provider well-being. Hey, I'm tag teaming this patient with you to provide a better patient outcome. I'm supporting you because, Jamie, I don't know about you and Kim as well, but I don't know it all. Now, sometimes Mm -hmm. I like to think I know it all, but I don't know it all. And so... (laughs) Quite frankly, just by having this specialty, um, these specialty services and having these folks, that's the quadruple aim that we're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me just say this. I want to go on the record as I don't know very much. So, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think this is amazing because I, I think because like I said before, the keeping people out of the hospital strikes a chord mark because I got I got to deal with that last week with my parents. My mom ended up having to go to the hospital and I'm just like, why couldn't they live in Ohio so that we don't have this service there? I wish we did because I think she would have not had to go to the hospital had she had this kind of care because she would have already had um, a nurse practitioner seeing her probably if, if I were to guess probably once a month to at least every other month. She would have had specialty care services. She would have been getting telehealth visits. And I think, and then she would have been on a remote patient monitoring system that would have caught some of the symptoms that sent her to the hospital with, you know, except, you know, really quick weight gain, you know, because of the congestive heart failure. I really believe she would have been kept out of the hospital, which at the time when we got there had two floors dedicated to COVID that they had, they've been, literally been moving their four floors around because they're so overwhelmed and it's the last place you want an elderly person to be. And, and I love this. So guys, let's hop into specifics. Now let's, let's go down the list here of all the different specialties and let's talk a little bit about each one of them. So whoever wants to start here, um, 
Kim, if you Kim, want to let's start. Tag, let's tag, yeah, Kim, yeah. let's tag team on this. You first. Okay, let me go down. I was actually pulling up right now, just I didn't miss one of our specialties. Okay, so as we all know, we have the palliative care. That's probably the initial, what kick-started the whole specialty pod. Sure. And, you know, the palliative care providers are seeing patients that aren't quite receptive of hospice yet, um, but it's that palliative or supportive care that they're providing for them. Uh, with the, you know, just managing their symptoms and pain and any stress for the illness um, regarding their diagnoses. We have 10 palliative care providers. They're 24 hours, not 24 hours, seven days a week. We at 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We have available palliative care services. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll start with, they also are hospice attending. So they work with Agape um, Care Hospice and they also serve the patients that move convert from palliative care services onto hospice care services. Yeah. So that continuity of care remains with the palliative care providers being the specialists and also the hospice attending. So that really just, it just flows so nicely, you know, for somebody who's not ready for hospice care, they're just, they're, maybe they're a couple years out, maybe they're a year out. Um, hopefully they're longer than that out, but um, it just kind of flows very nicely that, and, and that you're not missing that care. You're not saying, okay, now you got to go to a completely different provider, you know, now that you're in hospice, it just flows so nicely, you know, that provider is going to know that person, know that patient and have all those records um, that they need to continue that, you know, a little more advanced care. That's, that's amazing. Correct. And most, most, mostly the patients that are under the cardiac services or diabetic pod services flow into the, they end up, you know, being referred to the palliative care services. Yeah. Right. That's that's amazing. David, take the next one. One of the ones that I really think is is incredible, you know, the term speed to service is something that we hear oftentimes in healthcare and in general. And that's really how fast can we get to that patient and, and, and start services when they're referred to us right. based on their acuity, based on their risk of rehospitalizations. And so at our intake specialty, we have providers that uh, specifically focus on onboarding patients as mm. they are new to our practice. So when a patient's referred to us, we make it a, a we make a skillful uh, transition of having them seen via telemedicine by these these intake specialists uh, within 24 to 72 hours of the referral. So that, in addition to moving on down the line and having a pharmacy consult and having an in-home um, in-home visit really has helped us to see a reduction in the rehospitalizations that we have for patients in that critical window of the seven day to 30 day mark post discharge from a facility. So that division is really uh, an incredible specialty for us. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as Kim mentioned earlier, we have uh, from a mental health standpoint, we have uh, psych nurse practitioners that work with us uh, yeah. who see patients from a mental health standpoint. They focus on the DSM-5 diagnoses, depression, anxiety, any psychiatric diagnosis, uh, grief, medication management for psych needs, things like that. Um, and then they partner up with a master's prepared social worker mm. or several actually that we have now that are able to do cognitive behavioral therapy counseling services for us through that particular specialty. So those same diagnoses or even complicated or extended grief that patients may have, uh, those, those CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy specialists or psychotherapy specialists, social workers are able to really zero in and focus with those patients 
on um, on just the therapy component. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, Jamie, that's that's so important in this day and time. I mean, we're we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, most of the time, also just from past clinical experience, most of your patients that have chronic illnesses and chronic diseases, there's a component of depression that's yeah. underlying in those diagnoses because they know this is something they have to live with and manage for the rest of their lives. Sure. It's not something they can just get over immediately. And so there's a, there's a mindset there that we're able to work with them through by referring to this division. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, because <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to come from you. You guys are more clinical. I'm definitely not clinical, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so the psychiatric specialty, they're working more on the medical side, the, the, the medication, getting people the medications that they need um, to kind of help them with the, you know, with the depression, the anxiety, those, those kind of um, diagnoses. Um, and then you then you team that with that therapy side. I mean, that's just, that's just such an amazing service to be able to provide and really help somebody. Um, through a difficult time. Um, is that is that kind of how it's working? Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. That's the, that's the approach and the model of care there for them to handle the medication management and the disease process from the psych NP standpoint and then having the therapy to join up and to zero in on that, that cognitive and the behavior on the therapy overall counseling services. Yep. Yeah. And we've seen some great outcomes. I mean, there's some wonderful, wonderful stories uh, from our social workers uh, who are doing these therapy services uh, that that just are impactful and really life-changing. I mean, when yeah. you talk about quality of life, it doesn't get any better than some of the stories that we're hearing coming out of that. Sure. That's, and that's amazing. That's, uh, it doesn't, that's what it's, that's what it's for. That's what it's all about is those outcomes and making people feel better, making people healthier um, physically and mentally. That's, that's amazing. Kim, take the next specialty. Yeah, and I was actually going to chime in on that. This couldn't yeah. have this uh, psychotherapy pod really couldn't have come at a better time, but during the pandemic as well, mm -hmm. we're having a lot of younger patients too, just fighting depression sure. from just being at home and quarantining and um, things of that nature. So I, I was really excited when we. I was like, yes, let's get this up and running. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go ahead and hit on the diabetic specialty. Uh, so we did identify by you know running reports and everything, but just trying to get some good data to present to our providers. Um, a lot of our providers out in the fields don't, in the field might not per se, and it's okay. They don't feel comfortable adjusting insulin or starting patients on insulin. But that's why this pod evolved. So now we're actually getting internal referrals coming from these nurse practitioners out doing the home visits, getting the baselines of the patients. And so we're really looking at patients with and making sure that their A1Cs are being done every three months, uh, monitoring their sugars. So it's not like a monthly visit uh, model that we have with this pod. We you know, run the A1Cs and those are done every three months, but we also are monitoring their sugars, like I said, and maybe doing weekly or biweekly visits to see how their sugars are going down or getting into the proper range. Yeah. Um, but then, we, yeah, the diabetic pod also, you know, like I said, we're just one big patient care team works um, well, it coordinates care with the home visit providers because the diabetic patients, you know, have wounds and pressure ulcers. Mm -hmm. So things that we actually need to lay eyes on. Yeah, absolutely. That and that stuff's very it's dangerous. And a huge benefit. You know, when somebody has a wound um, that is diabetic, I, I used to be diabetic, you know, before, before having um, weight loss surgery. Um, and thank God that's gone. So I get, I remember 
getting those scrapes and different things from whatever, and they would take forever to heal. Um, that is just, and then, and then you add age into that, you know, somebody who's older, that can be a life-threatening issue, you know, and I think this is amazing that you guys are able to really combat this um, from that specialty standpoint. I think our slogan is save a toe, save a life. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And nobody wants to go through that. And if you can keep somebody's A1C and now, now I think too, one of the things you, that is part of this is the dietary part of this. You guys, you guys have a dietitian now that just started, that's going to be able to work with these patients as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct, Jamie. Yeah, we have a registered dietitian and they're going to be focusing in on uh, really helping with the overall diet. Uh, you know, you think about from a dietary standpoint, you think about all those things that go into and fold into the disease process that folks have. So right. high blood pressure and salt content in their diet or imbalanced blood sugars that, that, that create that diabetes or right. kidney disease and even cancer as we start looking at that, malnutrition problems, patients that have enteral feedings or parenteral feedings that aren't that aren't traditionally taking in food by mouth. Um, we have a large population of those, particularly because, you know, number one, we partner up with home health agencies that are working with those patients. But number two, because that's the state of the state for where we live. Yeah. Uh, going back to the diabetes portion, you know, years ago, there was research done that one of the zip codes here in South Carolina, actually here in Richland County, 29203, had the largest amount of patients that were diabetic that had amputations in the entire country. Wow. And that was either a 2015 or 2016 study. So we know there's a critical need for that support and that help. And, and so we're trying to really take an interdisciplinary approach just in that specialty group, just in the diabetes specialty group to say, we need a diabetes educator. We need a, we need a diabetes nurse practitioner that can help to focus in on prescribing the medicines and we need to have this registered dietitian that can also help with diet and good good quality choices for patients to really kind of approach it from all different angles much like the therapy that we sure. were doing the psychotherapy and the and the med management there so we're really excited about that one yeah. that that could that could be a practice in its own quite frankly oh it could yeah and and i speak from experience of of having diabetes you know, when when i was really focused on my diet exercise and and my medications were right i felt 10 times better than when i didn't worry about it and i was just you know kind of just living life and then and then just having some of the education understanding the disease understanding the diet that that you needed to be on there's so many people, especially when they, they, you know, they're older that are kind of set in their ways. They've, they've never really had to worry about those things, their diet and, 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 you know, what they're eating and they're, you, you just kind of get set in your ways the older you get. And it's hard to change some of those habits. Uh, and so I think just having that dietitian combined with those, you know, nurse practitioners that are really managing that disease is just, man, that's a recipe for success. And, and, and honestly, it'll save people's limbs. I mean, people are going to lose less limbs. Let's be honest. That's, it's going to keep people healthier and living longer and out of the hospital. There's no doubt about it. I agree. I agree with that. Kim, you want to speak on the pharmacy consultation that I know you've been working directly with them for quite some time now. You want to speak on, on the advantages of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny how this all just correlates together. The docs, mm-hmm. the pharmacists are actually, when they're doing their pharmacy consultations with these patients, you know, they're working on their main goal is like, you know, trying to prevent polypharmacy and just, you know, deep prescribing of the medication. So they correlate or coordinate this care with their providers yeah. out in the field. So the providers go back and read their pharmacy consultations on what their recommendations were uh, and just kind of, you know, change up the prescribing of what they're doing. Maybe some of the medications aren't working. Um, There could be adverse effects uh, or side effects. Um, They actually can refer to our pharmacy and request a Livy machine. And I'm sure, David, you could chime in on that a little bit more than I can. I know, you know, you were in the pharmacy world a little bit with RPMs and that, but the Livy machines are a great asset in the home for patients that just need the assistance with their medications. And so that we basically have the um, pharmacists in place to you know, just provide that correlation between care and the providers. The providers who didn't t- take the medication, didn't do pharmaceuticals as long as these pharmacists have. So them having that relationship just provides the best care for the patients and you know, it's educating them on their medications and their regimens. Yeah. And I, I'm sure for those patients that are taking advantage of those pharmacy consults, because, I mean, you go to the pharmacy, to a, a big box pharmacy, you if you speak to a pharmacist, you may have a minute or less because there's a line behind you. And the, the fact that they get to spend time with that pharmacist, you know, through a telehealth call, I, that's just amazing. And I guarantee you medication adherence, taking their medication when they're supposed to, on time, Every day, I guarantee that number has probably went through the roof for those patients that maybe struggled with that in the past. We're definitely seeing that, Jamie. Um, I did a, I'm working with one of our student uh, DNPs through USC currently, and we're doing a little research project and comparing six months ago uh, hemoglobin A1Cs for our diabetic patients in a small Mm -hmm. group or population, and we're looking at then them having a pharmacy consult and having that teaching that the pharmacist can do related to medications, adherence of meds, sure. things like that. And then we're doing a repeat hemoglobin A1C three months later. And, and I can tell you, we're seeing a reduction. Wow. We're seeing a reduction in those hemoglobin A1Cs and whether that be because of the, you know, there's there's some outliers in that study, whether that be because of the nurse practitioners who were in the homes doing additional teaching or whether it be solely from that pharmacy consult and that pharmacist talking to them about their meds and the importance of taking them and the side effects. Um, and as Kim touched on earlier, insulin, you know, there's positives and negatives to insulin. You always have a concern for patients that are on insulin related to them going too low and having hypoglycemia from the medication and knowing that they have a caregiver around or in the home to support them and help them. So just another stance that we're taking with providing that care and providing those resources through those. So I'm excited about that. I think one last thing I wanted to touch on or mention as well, Jamie is, and I know Kim was going to talk about maybe the coming soons of our, of our specialty, because as we speak through this and as I'm hearing Kim talk about this, it sounds like this is something we've been doing for 15 years but literally this is a born infancy to birth to now here we are. We stood up the telemedicine division back in March of 2020 when the pandemic hit as a platform and it's really evolved into this here in the last probably three months, Kim, I guess, three to four months. Yes, absolutely, right around there. 
Yeah. So, uh, so even though we sound like we have been doing this for a long time, it's, it's really in its infancy still, but man, we're making some really good headway and I'm excited about it. But we also have the support of, uh, of a, of a medical director, Dr. Andrew Donato. I want to mention him only because he's been really supporting us and helping us through home health support. We get a lot of different orders and a lot of different um, care plan following needs from our home health partners throughout the state to see the patients and to provide for a signing MD to follow those patients while they're under home health services and collaborate to get the orders that they need. And many of these patients being homebound can't get to their primary care provider. So Dr. Donato has really stepped in as a partner to our home health agencies as a South Carolina house calls provider to really support that venture and do care plan oversight and follow those patients while they're under the home health venue. And it's been a really good journey. And, and of course, there's been a bill signed uh, in South Carolina as of uh, it went into effect in, in early August that does allow nurse practitioners to sign off on all home health orders as well as certs and things like that. But what we're finding is, is Dr. Donato and his team of physicians in the state are really doing a great job of partnering up with our providers and ultimately following those plans of care and, and, and doing a great job of providing that care to the patients. So kudos to him and that team. Yeah, and one of the other specialties, um, I think we kind of glanced over it a little bit, is the cardiac specialty. Talk a little bit about that and what you guys are doing. Kim, you want to dive into that or you want me to take it? Um, clinical David, you take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Fantastic. You know, Jamie, you and I could talk about this kind of stuff for the next three or four hours, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. We definitely could. <laughs> so cardiac, just as an overview, some of the diagnoses or things that we think about from a cardiac specialty standpoint, if you have, uh, you know, AFib, atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, or if you have bradycardia or bradyarrhythmias, or if you have a history of heart failure, that's always the big the big one that we see and the big one that we automatically go to, but there's other cardiac conditions, high hyperlipidemia or high lipid levels, high cholesterol, uh, hypertension, murmurs, general palpitations, and of course, uh, you know, syncope, passing out, anything like that. Those are all things that kind of fall under that regimen of we're being referred out to a cardiologist. And so yeah. what we're trying to achieve with this cardiac specialty pod or or services is to have these nurse practitioners that can really be the, uh, the the conduit between our primary nurse practitioners and maybe even a cardiologist. I, I definitely want to make clear that that we may not be a one-stop shop for a lot of our patients. We may, we may still refer these patients out to or consult with a cardiologist or an endocrinologist or a nephrologist, depending on their needs. But what we're trying to develop here, because as Kim was mentioning earlier, the length of time that it takes to get them in as a starting point to those appointments with this, with the uh, for consultations with those folks, it, we're, we're trying to develop an opportunity to have these specialists see them first and try to manage those symptoms and manage that care um, until we have to refer them out. Or if we have to refer them out, it may be that we don't have to refer them out with their right. care. Uh, but the cardiac specialty, I, I think it's it's well worth it. It's a wonderful opportunity. We're going to grow that program. We have two nurse practitioners who have a lot of experience currently working in this region that uh, can support our providers. And as a person who daily suffers from uh, really benign, um, uh, premature, 
uh, ventricular uh, palpitations. Let's just say maybe I drink a little too much uh, caffeine or maybe there's a little too much stress in my life every now and then and I have these little palpitations every now and then. I know the anxiety that comes with that yeah. as, a, as a patient. If you have heart trouble or if you have conditions of the heart and there's so many, so many anxious times with that, that I'm certain for our patients to have someone to walk alongside of them and to be able to spend the time with them because oftentimes even at these specialists that we send patients out to, they're so busy. They are so busy trying to cover all of the patients that come into their practice that sometimes it's an in and out process, not to say they're not providing great care, they are, but at least our providers are able to also join up with that and spend more time through consulting via telemedicine with these patients in the homes as well. Sure, absolutely. All right, let's get into the future, uh, you know, coming soon, if you will, specialty programs that you guys are working on. Yeah, I'll hit on that. So coming soon, later this month, uh, we're starting a pain management specialty. Nice. Uh, this will be more in-person, but it will be statewide. Initially, it's going to start off in the Grand Strand, the Midlands, and the Upstate. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but we are hiring Dr. Rubel, and he lives all over the state, so he's willing to travel. So we're thankful for that. We are going to try to connect him with our physician assistants to kind of help resume care when he's traveling different parts of the state. Sure. Uh, a lot of patients, yeah, a lot of patients are referred to our palliative team for chronic pain. And, you know, maybe they just physically can't get out to the pain office or it's just difficult. Uh, maybe like I've, what I'm hearing now, Rock Hill has one office that helps yeah. pain manage with health. So the need is definitely there statewide. So I'm really looking forward to the opportunity of starting this pod and having everybody on board, physicians assistants in each region. Dr. Rubel's always go also going to refer to our counselors mm -hmm. to help with addiction therapy, um, also help physical therapy. So all types of different alternative therapies. He's not, he's not wanting to only write controlled substances. He's trying to help these patients, A, not be in pain, but B, control it appropriately. Yeah, and there's so many people in, the, in our communities across the state of South Carolina that struggle with pain. And I think people kind of roll their eyes at them and say, oh, that's it's nothing. It's, no, it's real. And it may not be a typical thing that's causing that pain or it may be uh, something that's weird and, and maybe a lot of people don't understand. But that pain is real. They're feeling that. And, and man, to have somebody to help manage that is just, that's amazing. It really is. It's 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 definitely something that we struggle with in the state as far as the pain and things like that, Jamie. But but Jamie, I want to take a moment to thank you for just a moment. I know that you do a lot of these podcasts and try to get information out and 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 as we kind of walk through this today, this is this is just incredible for you to be able to venue us and allow us to really spend time focusing on these things and really getting that education out. I know that, you know, you sometimes say I'm not a clinician, but what you're doing in just parting and pushing this information out is so beneficial. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's just good to be a little part of the team and I, there's nothing better to me than being a part of a team that's doing something um, that is significant, you know, something that's bigger than yourself. So then we're all a part of that and it's, it's so much fun. Let's let's hop into the next one here. I think it's the pulmonary specialty. 
Yes, so we are, we have not currently hired for these positions yet, but we are looking for candidates with a background in pulmonary, uh, physical therapy as well, which we already currently have in certain parts of the state. Uh, oncology specialties up and coming. We're, like I said, all of these positions are just looking for the right candidates for them and mm -hmm. finding the need out in the fields from the getting feedback from the home visit providers. And to go along with the home health specialty, um, most of the patients that come are discharged from hospitals go on to home health care. So yeah. we've found the need that, that we are going to need a hospital discharge specialty group as well. Yeah, absolutely. And SC House Calls should be the best friend of every single hospital in the state of South Carolina and in some parts of Georgia because they get graded on those readmission rates and, and people going back to the hospital. And there's no doubt about it. You guys are able to help keep people out of the hospital where they don't want to be, where they don't belong right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's just overloading our hospital systems with the pandemic you know, when people don't need to be there. And I just think that's that's amazing that you guys are working on a hospital discharge specialty as well. Yes, and with these specialty pods, we're able to allow the providers that are out seeing patients to have more touches on more patients. Yeah. They're not focusing on the cardiac issues and the diabetic issues. They're able to send the referral for the specialties, uh, specialists, and then they're able to see more patients throughout the day to help find the needs that we can help meet for them. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Real quick here, as we close this podcast, I want both of you to think of a without saying names, think of a person, a patient, or, or, or some type of situation that it has literally changed somebody's life because of these specialty pods. I, I mean, I can think of one just offhand right now. We have a video that's coming out today that that our our psychotherapists have been able to to really help a lady. But which I'll share that one while you guys are thinking of yours. But this this patient literally she could not function. She had lost her her um, she had lost two kids. You know, within a matter of a couple years, they were adult children, but um, no less significant. You know, when you're losing a child, and she was just struggling mentally, struggling with anxiety and depression and grief. Our 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 you know our talk therapy team is what they call it they they were able to help her she's functioning now and she's even helping other people that are dealing with loss and and this is a person who couldn't function could, was not living life to the fullest and now she's actually able to to live life and she's obviously the pain is still there it's still very real but man she's able to function and it's just because if that wasn't available to her I, man, who knows where this lady would be? Who knows where she would be at? Um, and I just, man, I just think it's amazing. You know, David, I, I'm sure you've heard of a story or two or five. Yes, they seem to come in quite frequently. And and spotlighting those stories, you know, we get so busy in our day and get so busy going through things that sometimes we don't step back and celebrate the wins, which is those quality stories of impacting patients. And so for me, you know, Jamie, it rolls back to uh, the the overall remote patient monitoring program that we have mm -hmm. and how we've been able to use in particular, there's one patient that we've been dealing with that we were able to roll over and get our uh, cardiac specialty providers involved with. This patient was struggling 
uh, with medication compliance. This patient was struggling with uh, weight gain, mm -hmm. which kind of is one in, one in hand because of a heart failure diagnosis. And so ultimately, as we were monitoring this patient and noticing things, we, we noticed that it that the patient was on so many different cardiac drugs that they were just getting confused of when to take what, which one was more important. I think they were somewhat selecting what they wanted to take based on cost and also based on how it made them feel. And so our cardiology specialists, they were able to work with this patient, able to do some deep prescribing, able to really zero in on what the best medication would be for the patient based on, you know, their socioeconomic status. I mean, that's something we don't think about sometimes. We automatically, you know, I think we automatically just assume prescribe something, but if the patient can't feel it, it does them no good, yeah, right? Absolutely. So they were able to work through that with the patient and they were able to work with our pharmacy to uh, provide that through SC Home Rx, And it ended up being a beautiful story of the interdisciplinary approach that we've been trying to paint you know, through our conversations in the last 30 minutes here, it's an interdisciplinary approach between a lot of different people. It's not just a, this is my patient. I'm the only one that can see this patient. I know the best for this patient. It's let me use all of these resources and have all of these touches to provide the best patient outcome. That's patient amazing. improved, patient's doing well, patient hasn't been rehospitalized, patient is on their new medication regimen, and we're seeing improvements in their vital signs and overall status. That's great. Kim, give us give us a story. Right. So I'm seeing a lot of great outcomes from our intake team. Mm. Uh, they identify quickly, know immediately about all of our specialty services. So they know exactly where to go ahead and send these patients. One patient was she was very similar to your story, Jamie, very depressed, no will, wasn't trying to um, participate in physical therapy. So she was, we were getting feedback from her about that. She was de clinically depressed. So we referred, the intake provider referred her to psych. Um, they got her medications um, under, under control. She started doing routine vi counseling visits with Bradley Martin, our counselor. And just hearing the outcome and her seeing how her story has just panned out. Like she is now participating in therapy, physical therapy as well. She's taking her medications as appropriately. She's feeling better. She's up and walking. She's not depressed anymore. Uh, so that those type of stories, when you see the whole, it just all transpired throughout our specialty, that's just such a win for the patient. Man, that's worth getting up every morning and working hard to serve, uh, you know, this, this state and, and, and everybody in it, all those stories, that's what it's all about. That's, that's why, you know, you guys do what you do and, and we do what we do. It's, that's all worth it to me. Um, just to be able to make an impact and make people healthier make people mentally healthier, physically healthier. It's just, it's all worth it. And, uh, guys, thanks so much for sharing this. I know in the future podcast here, we're going to get into some details now and we're going to take some of these specialties and really dive deep into each individual one and really kind of show people kind of what these are about and, and why they are necessary and how they're really making an impact across the state. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. You, you as well. Thanks. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. 
you are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits. At this event, you'll hear from a couple different speakers and we're gonna provide lunch for only $10. You don't wanna miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. Also, if you'd be so kind, to write a review for the LTC University podcast. Give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.